the slope of the lawn. An open cruiser crouched on a boat lift next to the floating dock. Mail killed the outboard and let the boat drift to a stop. The storm was still below the trees. The wind was dying down. He picked up the fishing rod, pulled line off the reel and threaded it through the guides and out the tip. Then he took a handful of line and threw it overboard, hookless and weightless. The rat's nest of monofilament drifted on the surface, but that was good enough. He looked like he was fishing. Settling on the hard bench seat, Mail hunched his shoulders and watched the house. Nothing moved. After a few minutes, he began to manufacture fantasies. He was good at this. A specialist, in a way. There were times when he'd been locked up as punishment, was allowed no books, no games, no TV. A claustrophobic, and they knew he was claustrophobic, that was part of the punishment, he had escaped into fantasy to preserve his mind, sat on his bunk and turned to the blank-facing wall, and played his own mind films, dancing dreams of sex and fire. Andy Manette starred in the early mind films, fewer later on, almost none in the past two years. He'd almost forgotten her. Then the calls came, and she was back. Andy Manette. Her perfume could arouse the dead. She had a long, slender body with a small waist and large, pale breasts, a graceful neckline when seen from the back with her dark hair up over her small ears. Mail stared at the water, eyes open fishing rod drooping over the gunnels, and watched in his mind as she walked across a dark chamber toward him, peeling off a silken robe. He smiled. When he touched her, her flesh was warm and smooth, unblemished. He could feel her on his fingertips. Do this, he'd say out loud, and then he'd giggle. Down here, he'd say. He sat for an hour, for two, talking occasionally. Then he sighed and shivered and woke from the daydream. The world had changed. The sky was gray, angry, the low clouds rolling in. A wind whipped around the boat, blowing the rat's nest of monofilament across the water like a tumbleweed. Across the fattest part of the lake, he could see the breaking curl of a white cap. Time to go. He reached back to crank the outboard and saw her. She stood in the bay window wearing a white dress. Though she was three hundred yards away, he knew the figure and the unique attentive stillness. He could feel the eye contact. Andy Manette was psychic. She could look right into your brain and say the words you were trying to hide. John Mayle looked away to protect himself, so she wouldn't know he was coming. Andy Manette stood in the bay window and watched the rain sweep across the water toward the house and the darkness coming behind. At the concave drop of the lawn, at the water's edge, the tall heads of the white flocks bobbed in the wind. They'd be gone by the weekend. Beyond them, a lone fisherman sat in one of the orange-tipped rental boats from Irv's. He'd been out there since five o'clock and, as far as she could tell, hadn't caught a thing. 
She could have told him that the bottom was mostly sterile muck, that she had never caught a fish from the dock. As she watched, he turned to start the outboard. Andy had been around boats all her life, and something about the way the man moved suggested that he didn't know about outboards, how to sit down and crank at the same time. When he turned toward her, she felt his eyes and thought ridiculously that she might know him. He was so far away that she couldn't even make out the shape of his face, but still the total package, head, eyes, shoulders, movement, seemed familiar. Then he yanked the starter cord again, and a few seconds later he was on his way down the shoreline, one hand holding his hat on his head, the other hand on the outboard tiller. He had never seen her, she thought. The rain swept in behind him.